Hello, friends. Welcome back to the podcast. It feels good to be back in the studio doing this for you guys. Um, this week we have on Jake Clark. You might know him from Daylight, also known as Super Heaven. Currently playing in a band called Web Wing. Also does some studio work behind the scenes. He's recorded the Choice to Make demo. He's worked with Jesus Peace, Payback. Uh, just worked with some really awesome bands. I had the pleasure of talking to him. I reached out through Twitter and he was gracious enough to give me his time and sit down and talk to me. We ran through his history with Super Heaven and what he has going on with Web Wing. It was a really fun conversation for me and I'm happy that he was willing to give me the time of day. So I hope you guys enjoy this conversation as much as I did. So without further ado, welcome Jake Clark to the podcast. Welcome to the podcast, Jake. Thank you. I I definitely uh, definitely appreciate you being down to come on the podcast because um, I randomly saw your tweet um, about um, if people wanted to book uh, Web Wing just to hit you up. And to be honest, I'm not even sure how it popped up in my Twitter feed, but um, a bunch of random stuff always pops up. But I, I saw that and I was like, okay, I was like, I'm gonna take the opportunity and reach out about the podcast. Like, obviously, like I wasn't trying to book the band because I don't book shows, but I figured since you were um, like looking for, I guess, like people to hit you up, I figured it was a good time and it was kind of just a shot in the dark. And I was actually really stoked that you were down to do it um, from the start. Sure. Thanks for having me. Yeah, no, it's definitely um, awesome because I've I've been a a fan of um, your older band, um, Daylight Super Heaven for like a really long time. Um, I, I credit my buddy, Jeff Yuma, and, and this was like years ago. He, uh, put me on to you guys when you guys were still going, um, by daylight, he hit me up. was like, yo, like, I, I know, um, you listen to like other types of music. Like you should listen to this band. And he, um, sold me, um, on the band is like, oh, it's, uh, John from CDC. It's his other band. Like you, you should check them out. Like, uh, okay. like, I'm going to um, uh, book them uh, in like a couple weeks or something. So he he, he booked you guys out in uh, the city called El Centro. And this was like years ago because um, he plays in a band called uh, Beg for Life based out of Yuma, Arizona. I'm not sure if you're familiar with that show. It, it was like ages ago. In Arizona? No, no. Um, it happened in, uh, sorry, uh, in El Centro, California. California. Uh, oh, wait, hold on. Where is that in like? Southern California. Yeah, yeah, it's probably like, uh, like maybe like an hour and a half east of like the Palm Springs area. It was like it was like a super random show. It was like daylight, and then like a bunch of like random like, um, like metal bands. Yeah, I do remember that show. Was, was it around the time of Summer Fury? Uh, to be honest, I, I can't remember off the top of my head like when exactly it was um, during the year, but I, I just remember my buddy um, booked you guys and I drove out and um, it was definitely a cool experience um, catching you guys like that early on. 
Yeah. I, I do remember that show. The show was, uh, the one, I remember a few things, but the one thing that sticks out in my head is, uh, someone had, uh, put water all over their drums. So when they hit them, all the water came off of their drums. And we're like, why did they just ruin their drums just to have water come off them? But I mean, I guess it looks cool, whatever. That sounds really terrible. If I'm being honest, just like just the thought of somebody doing that at like a show, that's weird. Yeah, it was it was definitely strange. But uh, yeah, the show was super strange and super weird. But uh, I guess uh, someone, some people care. Yeah, no, I, I was stoked that you guys were like willing to come out and play that show. I, it was definitely like a cool thing to see like so far back because at, at that time, like I was like so like, you know, super like hardcore, like it's all I wanted to listen to. Um, so the fact that I was able to like, you know, check out something different at the time, it, it was a cool experience. For sure. Yeah, um, it was definitely, <laughs> definitely an experience going out that far. I, I forgot all about it until right now. <laughs> and I'm, and obviously this is like going like way back, but can you talk about it? Like how that band came together? Cause I, I've, I've always been curious. Cause like I've never had a chance to talk to anybody about like the history of daylight super heaven. Um, yeah, sure. Um, so John who played in CDC, uh, and Taylor who also plays in super heaven. He, uh, and Joe, who played bass in Super Evan, they all just got together, I think, one day and wanted to start a band. And uh, they wrote, I think they wrote a few songs, maybe a, I think they had two songs off the demo we put out. Uh, maybe three, I can't really remember. Uh, and they were looking for someone else to play guitar, and I was friends with Taylor. And uh, he said, yo, want to come sing and play guitar on this band? And I said, sure. So I showed up at practice, and I think, I want to say they had, like, Two, maybe maybe they had more than three songs written. I forget, but wrote some leads to it, wrote some vocals on it, and um, yeah. And John booked us this tour. Uh, I think we put out this demo in 2008, and we did a first show at the end of 2008. Uh, I think it was. I think that show was like a show in my friend's um, barn, and it was like us, transit. Tiger Jaw Bouncing Composure. I think that was it. It was a, yeah, it was a really cool show. Um, yeah, that was our first show, and then he booked us a tour. John pretty good about the CDC, and that's how the band pretty much started. And before you got um, asked to join the band, were you um, involved with music at all, or were you just like friends with them, and it just kind of fell into place? No, I um, I had a band before that. I was like. I had a band before that, and we kind of started, uh, you know, we stopped, stopped playing as much. Um, and, uh, yeah, I mean, me and I was in the, we would play the same shows in our, like, you know, local scene or local area. Uh, so it was a band called All in a Year was my first band. Um, and we would play shows, I guess that's, I mean, me and Taylor were friends probably a year or two before. Yes, we joined and um, we're like, come jam. So I came jam with him. And, yeah, that's kind of how it all started. That's cool. 17, I think at the time. Okay. 17, I was, I was young. Damn. I was and young. Everyone was like a few years older than me. If you don't mind me asking, how old are you now? I am 28. Okay. 
damn that, that sounded like that's almost like uh that's more than a decade of you playing music oh yeah yeah yeah, yeah for sure i mean i i started playing guitar around as well so i should be a lot better at playing musical instruments but i'm not um <laughs> uh, but yeah and i started jamming with my one buddy around i was like 14 and yeah in 16 we wrote 16 or 17 i think it's 16 I think it was 17, I don't know, around that age, about the Kinky demo. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, start touring and stuff. So, do you guys uh, linked up with um, uh, Will Yip for uh, the difference between good and bad dreams? We did, we just did the vocals with him. Uh, everything else recorded in my parents' basement, actually. Oh, wow, okay. I I had no yeah. idea. I, I thought he um, did the whole record for you guys. No, we came in there one afternoon, just did all the vocals. Um, and, uh, yeah, it was just so that was the first time ever kind of meeting him. So I did the vocals with him, and then uh, our buddy Nick Steinborn mixed the record. Um, he mixed Thinking, or yeah, he mixed Thinking, The Spirit, and Good and Different Between Good and Bad Dreams, actually. Um, yeah, because it was like I recorded all of Thinking, uh, then I recorded. All thinking except for the vocals, and our friend Nick did the vocals for that. And then for the difference of Good and Bad Dreams, again, I did all the music and then went to the studio with Will and laid down uh, the vocals. And that was like the first time we heard what a harmony was. We were like, oh, harmonies are cool. So I kind of, that was the start of that. And how did you guys end up doing the vocals with Will? Like, why didn't you just do the whole thing? Um, I think at the time, um, I didn't know what I was doing. <laughs> okay. So uh, you can tell on the uh, thinking, like we're just kind of yelling into the microphone. I, I don't know. We didn't really have much of a sense of uh, key. Uh, so we wanted to go in with Will and our bassist Joe um, played in Mother Mercy. Um, and they just did their record with Will at the studio. So he's like, oh, we should go in there. I think it was around the same time. It's an awesome studio. We should go there and least track vocals. And me and Taylor were interested in you know working with will so that's what i got to, together okay yeah and shout out mother of mercy i love yeah. that band i wish they would still do stuff um maybe one day i'll be able to see them again yeah i just actually ran into <laughs> i just ran into two, two of the guys in that band today Oh, that's awesome. Uh, I, I just saw, uh, well, I, I was in Florida last weekend for FYA, so I, I saw Bob Wilson. Oh, nice. Yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah. But uh, one of my favorite songs um, from uh, The Difference in Good and Bad Dreams is Hungry at a Funeral. Uh, oh yeah yeah like i don't know why but that song has always just like stuck out to me um can you talk about that song like maybe like the the meaning behind it or um, the inspiration on writing that um definitely a ripoff i think of like boys night out kind of a vibe of that the way it starts off like very um you know intricate with the picking and stuff and like the clean tone uh so shout out boys night out we were big fans of them uh, and um, obviously a little dumped down because I feel like I'm not as good as a musician as those guys. But um, so yeah, that's kind of like the musical side of it. Uh, we try, we're trying to kind of tip our hat to them. And then the lyric content is just about I think Taylor came to me and was like, what kind of songs we do? And he was uh, reading about like cannibalism 
stuff like that. He's like, yo, we should write a song about that. <laughs> Sounds great. Um, so it kind of formed into Hungry Ice Cream Roll. But, uh, yeah. That's awesome that you kind of took from Boys Night Out. Um, I love that band. And I, I don't hear like a lot of um, people um, or I don't know a lot of people that talk about that band. So the fact that you bring them up, I, I think it's like super awesome. Um, when I was younger, um, you know, getting into that kind of music, I, I never got a chance to see Boys Night Out. So it's just like shit. Like yeah. as I've gotten older, I'm like, OK, th- that's like the one band that, that well, it's like there's a long list, but I, there's like a bunch of bands that like <laughs> I d- didn't get to see because when they were active, like I wasn't old enough to drive or I didn't have friends who were down to go to those kinds of shows. So like yeah. uh, like to this day, like I, I still would love to see that band live. Yeah, I was, I was just at the I never saw them, but it was the tail end of their career as far as like touring a ton i think like a few of my friends did end up seeing them but i think they saw them play to like 10 people kind of thing they weren't like a huge success this is a bummer but great band yeah because like i i still listen to you know train wreck and make yourself sick oh, yeah. like and i feel like that stuff still holds up to me like it doesn't sound dated and like i just still love that music yeah for sure that music's great yeah, and I, I'm not sure if you've been um, seeing that um, that Furnace Fest. They, they keep like announcing bands like every so often. Um, no. Okay, it's like some like older fest from like I think it's in like Alabama or something. But they keep like um, like every now and then they'll like drop like bands on like their Instagram that are going to be playing the fest, um, which I think is pretty interesting because most fests just kind of just do them in like giant like you know chunks of announcements. But like they're doing like single band announcements. Um, and I'm just like, man, cause like they're doing like all these, like, you know, all these like throwback bands. And, um, I, I feel like boys night out would be like perfect for that lineup. And I, I'm just kind of keeping my eye on that and like hoping they get announced on it. Cause it's a, like, <laughs> I, I seriously would travel to see them because like I'm older now and I have the means to do it. So like, yeah, like right. if I feel like if they did play it, that'd be like probably like one of the last chances that I have to ever see them. Mm-hmm. But yeah, that, that's just my, my little rant about boys night out. But going back to um, Super Heaven, and, and I hope it's okay to talk about this because like, I kind of just want to go through like the timeline of like that band into your n- newer stuff. Yeah, yeah. No, okay. Um, it, it, I can't remember at, at what point, but um, uh, I, I know um, Daylight put out Jar, but then um, it, mm-hmm. at um, some point of uh, Jar's life, life cycle, you guys had to change your band's name. Can you talk about like how that went yeah. down? Um, and it's it's kind of a bummer because like I always like look at you guys as daylight because that's how like I discovered you guys. So um, it, it was like a, a bummer that you guys had to change your name, but still I, I think like the name change like wasn't a bad one. It was still a cool name. Mm-hmm. Um, so when we started the band, uh, even in 2018, we knew that it was another daylight um, in Spain, and um, I think they made that you change your name or like no like who cares it's just a name uh and there we probably we thought they were gonna break up you know yeah in the next five years you know who knows like they're just started on my we both started on my face at the same time so who knows um so we didn't even think about it uh put out the record jar under daylight uh didn't really want for cover you know more an indie label like really the diy mindset um by the time it came to record the second record, um, we did with Silent Dummy, and we met we met with them in LA, and they were like, 
we looked into Daylight, and that band Spain trademarked it and worldwide or whatever. So not not only just in Europe was their name was Daylight, but everywhere. So they were just kind of had concerns about being sued because you know they're gonna put money into a record and they didn't want to put money into a record and then <laughs> get sued from it. So uh, yeah, you know we'd really like you guys to change your name and. And none of us really cared too much enough to be to fight it, so we were just like, yeah, whatever, let's change it. Um, and I don't know, they spun it like, hey, every band's changed their name. Pearl Jam's changed their name, uh, and they had a long list of <laughs> people that had changed their name. Oh like, yeah, okay, well, whatever. And we did this. That record had, you know, bigger backing, so we're like, well, let's try it out, see what happens. Um, I don't think anyone was too bummed about changing the name. Um, There's definitely last. Um, People hated it, so. <laughs> but I didn't care. I feel like with the name change, um, to me, it didn't seem like you guys lost any steam at all. I feel like um, it was just like this weird point where you guys did it at the right time, and um, I, I didn't yeah. like. I don't feel like it affected your guys' mom- like momentum at all. Um, but uh, where did the name uh, Super Heaven come from? Um, I don't know. We had a long list of. We, where we jam, we had a whiteboard, and we just kind of, you know, every practice we kind of would, would come in and just uh, put up names <laughs> on the on the whiteboard. Uh, there's a few of them. Uh, I want to say, I honestly forget, but there was three. I, we boiled it down to three names, um, and I forget who came up with Super Heaven, but uh, I had another, it's called Mineral Rights, I think was the name. We're like, oh, that would name would be cool, but we're like, it's a band called Minerals, kind of a little confusing. And um, then we said another name, and we're like, eh. So when we were out in LA and we were talking to Sidewalk, and we're like, hey, here's our three names, and you know, the the one name, the other name was Super Heaven, and they all turned to us and were like, oh, we like that name. We're like, all right, that's fine. <laughs> like, we just need one person to be like, that's the name. That like, I like that name. I can see that, you know, on things like that works for us. Like, doesn't mean anything to us. Um, I just think uh, phonetically it sounds good, and like it was easy to like have our typescript, you know, like our font from daylight to super heavy look similar to. I think that it was more of a like an eye, like an eye test than more of a what it means. Okay. And yeah, I feel like choosing a band name is hard enough, uh, especially like these days. I feel like like so many good band names are taken so the fact that people are still coming up with like clever cool names for their bands it's pretty awesome so the fact that you guys were able to make that transition it was definitely cool because like me being like uh like a longtime fan when i heard the new name i was like okay i was like that's fine like i didn't like you know have uh, too much of an issue with it i i just i was a bummer that you had to change your name but what you changed it to to me it was always fine yeah thanks <laughs> i thought so too yeah we, I mean, we were all just the thought cast, um, like the idea of, like, who cares what the name is? Like, it could be, like, Apple, but, or I guess that's it. Uh, let's think of a better example. <laughs> I don't know, anything, like, a, a, any kind of name, as long as the music's still the same. Like, that's kind of, we're not changing our music or, you know, our vision, just the, the name, just what we go by. So, and if you say, if you say anything long enough, it becomes, you know, some sort of uh, idea, you know, 
Yeah, I'll, I'll definitely yeah. stick. The, the music, yeah, the music gets attached to the name, so like whatever you're gonna call it, um, <laughs> it's gonna be the music is gonna kind of make the name either cooler or lame. You know? Like if we came out with a record that was awful with that name, I think that's kind of what it would get stuck to, like bad name. And at any point, because I, I feel like um, Super Heaven was one of those bands that was um, tied to the hardcore scene, but wasn't a hardcore mm-hmm. band. Um, were you um, were you OK with that? Did you ever want to like break loose, like out of like that, like audience? No, um, I mean, um, like that's kind of uh, like the scene we kind of came up in uh, going to hardcore shows um, as kids and playing in hardcore bands. Um, I wasn't, um, like my first, my background wasn't hardcore, but then I got introduced to that world, you know, later on in my, my teenage years. Um, and I met some of my greatest friends through hardcore scenes. And um, and no, I would never want to stray away from it. I mean, it kind of ended up, uh, as we kept progressing, we would do other tours besides hardcore tours, which I did like to do for those tours because, uh, you know, some, some of the amenities are nicer and, the, you know, I know I liked being a part of that. It seemed, it seemed, um, I don't know, it's like being the token non hardcore band on the hardcore show. Uh, everyone at the shows we would play starting out really appreciate, appreciative of it, you know? Yeah. I I always find it interesting when there are those bands that aren't, um, you know, your traditional hardcore bands, but like they get championed by the hardcore scene. Like they get like so much support. And I I think it's um, cool because obviously like they're always tied to the hardcore scene um, in some way, either like, you know, by the members or, um, you know, they're friends of like people in the hardcore scene. But I I was thinking it's cool when um, the whole scene can come together and support something different. For sure, for sure, yeah, um, yeah. But played a lot of cool shows because of it, you know. I got to go on awesome tours, you know. People that we respected, and fans were respected. That thought we were doing cool things, but uh, on paper didn't make sense. But you know, as friends did, so we did a lot of cool things with it. Yeah, one tour that I'm like I I had to like um go and like look back because obviously there's like so much history um w- with your band um I totally forgot that you guys were on the um Turnstile Nonstop Feeling Tour like yep. on the West Coast and I like thinking back because I to me like that um era of like Turnstile like that record. I, to me was just like amazing. I, I, th- I think that was like the the last time that I actually went to multiple dates of a tour for a band. Mm-hmm. And like looking back at that um, lineup, I was like, holy shit. Like I totally forgot like super heaven played that. Uh, and to me, I was like, that is like a cool testament to like, not just only like your band, but like, you know, it, looking at turnstile um, now and back then you're like, holy shit. Like they were always like, like that band that was different. And, and the fact that they're willing to take out like you guys or a pop punk band, like seasons change, but then also like a hard hitting hardcore band, like take offense forced order. I, I think that was like an awesome tour. Like, especially like when I look back, like I'm really happy that I went um, out of my way to hit multiple dates of that because like I, I knew back then like that I would have to um, hit those dates because that's something that I would have like regretted if I didn't just because like even now, yeah. um, like five years later, it's like, holy shit, I'm glad I went to like multiple dates of that tour because like every band on that um, or every band on the tour was awesome. Yeah, that was, a, that was a really good tour to be a part of for sure. 
um, yeah, awesome band. Um, the, when they hit us up to go on that tour, uh, you know, we were really excited to be a part of that. Um, and then they were like, yeah, you should come on the West Coast too. I was like, we'd love to, you know. That's the tours we always wanted to do. Um, and that's the kind of tour that on paper probably doesn't make too much sense, but, you know, everyone was friends and it just made sense to us to just do it. Like, no, um, you know, I feel like you get to a certain level when you have, like, you know, other people talking in your ear, like, I'm not an agent and stuff, but that's just like, hey, we want, we're going on tour and we want to take this band with her because we like this band. And there's no politics, just, you know, band taking out bands, other bands that they like and are, Did you guys run into uh, that issue with like um, like your guys' like management trying to um, uh, steer you away from doing those kind of tours? Um, they wouldn't steer us away from those tours. They would it would be more of like, um, hey, you're doing a headline tour. Here's the bands we think you should take out for, and we'd be like, who is this? We have no I, I have no idea who this band is. We're like they're like, well, someone's just putting out their record. It's like, oh, well, I don't want to do. That. I want to take out the bands that. You know, we like, and I think every, we did we did two headline tours, you know, full U.S. tours when we were active um, for each re- record cycle. And I think the bands we took out on that tour were bands we truly like, liked and supported. And um, I think that was the whole thing with our band. There's there's no BS. Uh, you know, we weren't. You know, we just did what we want, and I, you know, that might be the why we don't play anymore. But <laughs> it was nice to you know, stick up for what we believe in. I, I feel like that um, tour you guys did like right before um, ours is Chrome came out with Diamond Youth and Roswell Kid. I, I thought that was like a fantastic lineup. Uh, I, I was yeah. excited to see um, Diamond be able to tour like the full US and get more exposure from kids. And then even Roswell Kid like being like like a little more like uh different and like I like I don't think a lot of like hardcore kids were familiar with that band. But for you guys yep. being in tune and uh being down to take them out, I, I thought that that was really awesome. Like a solid lineup for your guys' sound. I I think you guys all like meshed well t- together. Thank you. Yeah um yeah Roswell Kids so I'm great band. Um you know we knew those guys in Diamond Youth for a little bit because, you know, uh, it was like PUI and Turnstile. So we played with them. Um, and Roswell Kid is the strange one because we played with them in like West Virginia one time years ago and uh, just came back on our radar. And I think we had friends and friends who do them. And we were checking out their EPs and we like, yo, this band's sick. Like, like, you know, similar style that we're going for, but at the same time, completely different. And, uh, and it's just, Put out a, did they put out a record, or they were putting about to put out a record. Um, yeah, fans, every those fans are great. Yeah, it was a great tour. Um, and one thing that always um, puzzles me, and I always wanted to ask somebody about it. Um, uh, I, I can't remember if it was like a like a um, like a pre order item, but it was when um, Arts Chrome is coming out. You guys were selling uh, these moon rocks. Um, and I, I and like I, I remember the time people were like, like who's gonna be dumb enough to buy a rock? Like you guys are all idiots. And I remember like there was some like backlash, but to me I was like, wow, I was like this is actually kind of funny. And um, like I'm not sure if they're just trying to do like a social experiment to see if kids are dumb enough to buy rocks with just the, the band's name on it. Um, so I was just curious um, 
Can you talk about like uh, whose idea was it to sell these rocks and was it um, like are, were these just like random rocks picked out of the, the, the desert or like, like how it all came together? Um, well, we got them off the moon, obviously. Okay. Um, <laughs> no, um, yeah, the rocks uh, from Cold Cuts, <laughs> uh, the merch store online, <laughs> we just picked them <laughs> out front of their offices. Okay. That's where they came from. Uh, and John, well, John from TVC, he runs Cold Cuts, obviously, so that's why uh, he wasn't in the band at the time anymore, but um, he, he used to print stuff through him. Um, but he just got a new uh, engraver, so we wanted to use it. We're like, oh, let's use it on a rock. And I think uh, Joe, who played bass, uh, I think he, he was hanging out there a lot. Uh, I think he just grabbed one one day and was like, oh, like print a Super Heaven logo on it to see what it looks like. Uh, and he's like, oh, these are sick. Uh, and he's like, yeah, we should sell Moon Rock for the date. Like the date of the record, I think it came out was like, I want to say it came out on May 4th. Uh, so we sold them for like five dollars and forty cents or something like that. It was just a silly little thing, but I don't know. We we just did everything we thought was interesting and funny and so, uh, a little different. Like, what what hasn't a band sold yet? Oh, we'll sell that. Yeah, I, I I thought it was like a obviously like a um a interesting um piece of merch and it, it definitely you know uh started up like a lot of conversations because people were like you know <laughs> like um like thought it was like funny some people were pissed but um for me I was like okay I was like that's like really um interesting and I and I was always curious like how you guys came up with it but that's like pretty funny. Yeah, uh, I feel like Joe since my days uh, replaced days he um, he would always come up with these crazy, interesting ideas, and <laughs> we would just kind of laugh and uh, and be like, "Yeah, why not? It's interesting and different. And we like it." Yeah, and uh, do you know how many you guys sold? Um, I think we definitely. I think we made like fifty or something, and we sold out of them. <laughs> yeah, uh, I, I think something around that number. Yeah. That's awesome. I and I I've never seen one in person, so I'm hopefully at some point in my life I could come across somebody who owns a Super Heaven Moon Rock. Yeah, I still have one laying around here. It's probably um, next to those uh, iPhone uh, dongles that I was looking for. Okay, but it's somewhere around here, and I think it's in like a old merch box. Uh, and I, I find it every once in a while. Oh, this is cool. Um, so the new record came out and you guys did that, um, it was like the, the, the final, like full us, um, can you talk about like why uh, you guys decided to go on like a high, like, like indefinite hiatus? Um, sure. Um, uh, so we were, you know, on tour with every time I die at the time, um, in, forget like 2015, end of 2015. And um, we kept on getting all these offers for like tours we just didn't really want to do. Um, and and we had a lot of like heat from like management agents like being like, you have to take the store. And we're like, why? Um, and I think it just got to the point where it wasn't getting fun. Um, Sorry. Uh yeah, so it just got to the point where it was wasn't getting as much fun. Um, 
and you know other members wanted to do other things and um everyone's viewed a little bit of me at the time so you know i think they would just wanted to just start a different life but you know get married or have kids or something you know like that uh so we kind of discussed about it and, and we weren't a big family so we weren't making a ton of money you know so it was definitely that was always a struggle uh, being a band. Uh, so I think at that point we're like we're not going to do these tours we don't want to do, and you know we didn't want to like I don't know I think the whole the whole idea of our band was to be you know honest and do things we liked and not have to not be a puppet for anyone else. Um, so we're like no we're not going to do that and that's when you know all that they kind of were like oh. Basically, our agent dropped us that that day, um, and our manager was like, "What the fuck?" Um, and so we came home and we had a discussion, and uh, we're just gonna play one last show. But um, then we talked about it more. We're like, let's let's do one last tour and uh, you know play the the venues or um, states or areas that you know we always did did well in, and um, and and. And not break up, but just not do it full time. I think that was the idea of that whole tour, you know. Uh, yeah. And was there ever like an option to continue and just do it without, um, you know, your aging or management? What was that a possibility, or were you guys like tied to like contracts and stuff? Uh, no, we were tied to contracts, but it was just kind of of the idea that, um. You know, one member didn't want to do it uh, at full time anymore, uh, and you know, uh, our manager was like, "Yeah, maybe like have them not be a touring member." And at the time, this idea of like getting fill-ins and stuff like that wasn't super appealing. Um, and then you know, and then it just becomes more—it's not like an art anymore; it's just more of like a job, and you just have to like do these tours, you have to drive far and play these shows to like, you know. You play like Coheed bands or something you're like this is stupid. No one gives a crap about my band. Like, yes, you're playing in front of a thousand people, but they don't want to hear you, man. They just see Coheed. <laughs> um, so it's kind of like, what, what do you do? We're kind of stuck in a hard place, and everyone's kind of like I said at that age of like, you know, this isn't. We gotta do. <laughs> we gotta make a move somehow. Um, you know, in our life. So it's kind of like caught up to you from years of touring. You know, but I mean, also, I think it was time, like, did tour for like five years. Yeah, and you guys definitely went, like, international, and you guys did, like, a lot of cool stuff. Yeah, we did everything, you know, I, I remember making, like, a list kind of in my head of what stuff I wanted to do, and uh, we definitely did everything, everything and more. So, I mean, I was more than happy, you know, to do that. Okay. And, um, you guys, uh, since that final tour, you guys have come back, um, to my knowledge twice. Yeah. 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 I mean, the, the idea of the band, uh, super happy not broken up. Um, I think more of the idea is to, if something comes up, uh, someone asks us to do something and, um, we all think it's a good idea. Uh, we'll play it, you know, if it makes sense. Uh, we all are still friends, which is nice. You know, uh, no one has any, uh, you know, like, dislikes. yeah, no one dislikes each other. No know? weird beefs or anything. Yeah, that, I feel like that happens a lot when bands like break up or stop playing. Um, no, no, none of it. You know, I'm about to go see Taylor now. Um, and I can go every once in a while with his um, 
you know, his family and Zach. I live right next to him. You know, we live in the same part of the city. Uh, so I run into him a lot too. Um, so yeah, so I think if we if it makes sense, we'll play it. Um, we played a, a benefit show, a charity show, which is nice. Um, and then, you know, Balancing Exposure asked us to play their last show, and we said, well, of course. And they were kind of, they took us out on our first U.S. tour. So, I mean, they were the real, you know, it was important for us to play that show, you know. thought it was very nice of them to ask, and it was a great show. Yeah, I, I remember uh, catching that show at Chain Reaction back in the day. The Balance Show? Yeah, uh, Daylight Balance, and I can't remember who, the other band that was on the tour. It's the Jealous um, Down. Yeah, yeah. Which is an odd one, but it was just, it was cool. They were nice guys. Mm-hmm. But, but that's cool. I, I feel like um, yeah. you know you guys did, did that um, one show last year, so um, people who are um, still fans of the band um, or mm-hmm. you know the, the newer fans of Super Heaven, uh, I, I guess the possibility of seeing you guys is um, still out there. They just kind of have to. Um, just wait patiently and hope the right occasion comes along. Yeah, exactly. Um, and yeah, I, I hope there's still people that are into the band. Um, it's always nice when someone reaches out and says, like, oh, hey, like, you know, I really, really like the band or something like that. Uh, it means a lot. I mean, I put we put a lot of time and effort into it. Um, so just seeing that, it's, it's always really nice. And when people come out, um, even when we play that balance show, I mean, people traveled so far. And so it was just nice to be like, oh, wow, like, that really means a lot more than I think the average person or person that comes to show thinks about like you traveled five hours to come see us. Wow. That means a lot to me. Um, I'm going to think about it (laughs) all year and be like, wow, that's awesome. and crazy. Um, Yeah. So, after super heaven, did you mm-hmm. have any urge to do another band or did you just want to take a break from like that whole lifestyle completely? No, I mean, I was, so like when we kind of stopped touring, I was still, I think I was like 24, 25. So I, I mean, I still would tour, but I definitely still was just used to that lifestyle. Um, so, um, I went out, I went out with balance for a run for a full U.S. I filled in for guitar for Bouncing Treasure. Um, that was super fun. I've never just played guitar on a tour, so that was a blast. Um, and then, unfortunately, their band kind of came to an end, so that kind of uh, sanded it up and kind of didn't pan out the way I thought it would. And I, I don't know if they would have had me for more tours, but I grew up with those guys. But, you know, I tried to think maybe I could go out with them a couple more times. Uh, and then I tried to do um, some solo stuff. And I still write some solo stuff every now and then. Um, but I did a few, like, short little runs with that um but that didn't translate as well as i thought it would um yeah just it's just hard man it's hard to kind of start back up in square one it's not you don't really start off with any sort of (laughs) leg up um so yeah so how did you um get from like you know post super heaven um balance and this whole stuff and now you're playing in web wing uh did you think that this was going to turn into like a full-fledged band or were you just um, filling in to do the percussion for the recordings or did you know from the start that you were going to be in the band full-time? Uh, yeah, no, the idea of that was kind of, you know, I was doing my solo thing, Taylor. Um, this was like, dude, he wrote the first few songs about three years ago and uh, he was jamming with, uh, with Zach who played drums in Super Heaven. Um, but Zach is, got kind of busy he started touring with um slaughter beach dog he's in that band now 
also a ton of other local Philly bands he plays in. So he's he's a really busy guy um, with music. Um, uh, so Taylor hit me up and said, "Hey, can you just play drums on this?" And I was like, "For sure!" I'm like, just come over. We'll record it. And I'll play drums in it, and that'll be that. Um, so I never had any thought of being like it being any more than just like a project. Um, but you know, uh, as of late, um, you know, we we worked on a whole you know LP together. Uh, we put it out, and I think some people like it. Um, and uh, I was like, hey, we should play some shows because we put it out. You know, we did put all this, we did put a lot of work into the uh, effort into making the record. So um, we should play some shows. So, you know, we did a weekend. We've done some shows here and there. And it's kind of turned into more of a, a band, actually, uh, than just like a studio project kind of thing. So to answer your question, no, uh, it didn't set out for, to be uh, a member of it, but it's really fun to be part of, you know, the band and to play shows, especially, you know, for Taylor and that's kind of how it all started, the first band. So, Thanks. And uh, have you always played the drums? Because I, I literally had no idea that you're, you were also a drummer until Web Wing. Yeah, so I think I started playing drums around, like, like 18, um, a buddy of mine just brought over his drums. We had a local band, and he's like a local hardcore band. And he's like, hey, I heard you can like kind of play drums. I'm like, yeah, I just tapped them at my other friend's house. And he's like, all right, he brought his drums over, and we just started jamming. And for me, that was the best way to learn, just to jam with someone and just play uh, drums along to their, you know, their guitar riff. Uh, so over the past 10 years, I learned how to <laughs> I learned how to play. That's awesome. I, I feel like, um, like whenever I was like doing bands, like that was always like my favorite part of like band practice was just like mm-hmm. doing band practice or like, um, prolonging starting brand, band practice and just like playing on my friends' drum sets. Cause I, I always thought like that was like the funnest thing. Cause I, I used to like play keyboards in like a band and then I was like a front man for a band, but that stuff was like n- never as much fun to me as like playing the drums. Yeah. Yeah, um, it's definitely a different role in a band for me. Uh, I definitely enjoy writing songs, but um, at the same time, it's kind of nice to sit back, have Taylor come up with ideas, and just, we just kind of work together and, you know, form a song and um, just play along. Different writing style than I'm used to, but it's fun. The only thing that sucks about drums is, you know, you break <laughs> your cymbal or you know, it's expensive. Yeah, I, I I can definitely imagine like um, replacing that stuff like isn't cheap, and then yeah, also like having to um, carry stuff around. But but I feel like these days like uh, most shows are like always like backline, so like you just gotta bring your snare and cymbals. Yeah, it can be really. <laughs> Um, but like, honestly, like I, I feel like I'm like a little late to the webbed wing, uh, train. Cause I, I only found out ab- about you guys, uh, through Twitter, like, um, just like mutuals, like posting the, the new record oh, really? and yeah. And, and I was like, damn, like, I guess I'm not like that in tune with those guys. Cause like, I, you know, I didn't know there was a demo or, or anything until like I went to the band camp and saw like all the releases. So, um, I, I'm definitely into it. I like the new record, um, and all the other like the demo you guys did and the, the split. Um, so like, I, I, th- I think it's cool that you're, uh, you guys are trying to play more shows. Yeah. 
because I feel like um, people are like, you know, definitely like what you guys have done, obviously with like, Super Heaven. And I feel like um, this stuff is like not too far off from that. Yeah, not too far off. I mean, it's kind of it's more of a Lemonhead vibe than, like, uh, you know, early 90s, like Nirvana kind of vibe. Yeah. Yeah, and I, I, I definitely like it, and I, I definitely like that um, on your like band camp, like in like the description, it just says rock band from Philly or Philadelphia, excuse me. I, I think that that's just like you know it's super simple, and, and um, this is just a great way to just kind of put it out there. Yeah, I think the idea of this band is just to be um, pretty vague with the description because, um, and like the idea of like, just like. Um, we maybe just one song we just want to choose the guitar on it but then the other song we want to crank up the game and have chain and have buzz on it and have this big ending like we want to be able to do that and not someone to be like hey that's not your band that's a different sound it's like yeah this is that's why it's fun and different um you know i always think i feel like angel dust does a great job with that just like um never being pinned to one sort of type of sound like they'll have acoustic guitar in one of their songs on their song stuff you know like Yeah, I feel like a lot of the times uh, people want to put bands um, like in a box and, you know, try to keep them yeah. there. And yeah. uh, and obviously, like, you know, Angel Dust, great example. I feel like they do a great job of, um, you know, breaking out of that and not, um, you know, staying to these like stereotypes and like the way people describe them. They just kind of like to me, it feels like they just play and do like what they want and um you know they're not really catering to the the people that are just trying to like you know categorize them as like one specific band i feel like they do like a really good job of like um playing with their sound for sure yeah they're great bands. yeah so I'm, I'm definitely looking forward to um seeing where um webwing uh, goes like I, I i don't know if you guys like have like bigger plans or like, i don't know if people um were receptive to that tweet that you put out about booking you guys um yeah i mean for sure um uh we really don't know i mean we're kind of taking it one step at a time like um you know i have no plans on touring full time again but who knows man like the, the right opportunity came up and everything was down, everything made sense. And sure, I, th I think we would try to make it work. But uh, I think right now the idea is to, you know, have fun with it and play shows every now and then, write some songs and, you know, make it more of a, a band than just a project. And hopefully, you know, people will like to come out to the show. <laughs> you know, that's always the goal. If there's like 15 people there, 10 people there that are into the band, it's like, oh, this is great. This is an awesome show. And that makes me happy and you know, makes everyone happy. Yeah. And you guys have a show coming up, right? If I'm not mistaken. Yeah. Yep. We're playing um, Long Island, uh, January 18th. Oh yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. It was a week from to today, the day that we're recording yeah. this, and I, I think that's it awesome. Yeah. Yeah. I'm. How'd you guys end up um, on Long Island? Because I feel like that's. Uh, I guess it's not like super far from where you guys um, are located. I've just been trying to, like, I've just been doing all the booking myself. Um, so I've just been doing like, friends I know and, you know, areas I know that, you know, Super Heaven always did well in. I have friends there. And, uh, and like, oh, like, 
I, if I if we play there, I know at least you know 10, 20, 30 people might come out to the show for us. Um, so I'm just trying to pick and choose and not go, <laughs> not try to go too far. Like I, I don't want to just play a show in like Ohio and have to drive you know nine hours to play to five people and be like, well now I just drive home and <laughs> go to work the next day. So you know, just trying to keep it semi-local, but keep our options open. You know, if someone wants to come up and play, you know, fest or Boston, or he's like, oh, we're always down, you know, stuff like long weekends and stuff like that, especially now. So I'm not familiar with uh, the other two bands on the bill, but I am familiar with Warren. I, I, I think it's cool that you guys get to play with them again. I think they're yeah. a great band and great dudes in, in that band. Yeah, they're awesome. Um, they played with Superhead for a charity show we did in Wilkes-Barre two years ago. Um, and uh, yeah, just in touch with those guys. I've known all those guys that helped record their bands, like other bands uh, throughout the years, like, uh, you know, Wilkes-Barre and the area I grew up in, about an hour from each other. So our scene's always intermixed. So I've known those guys for a while. And uh, okay, we should play a show together. Maybe possibly play more in the future. Yeah, and uh, I guess that's a great segue. You mentioning um, you recording bands. You re- recorded my friend's band, uh, uh, Choice to Make. You, you did their demo. Mm-hmm. Uh, can yep. you talk about like w- what that experience was like and how you linked up with those guys? Um, Choice to Make, they hit me up um, to record, I think, another band, actually, of, of theirs. Um, and then I didn't hear from them, you know, for a few months or so. I didn't. I don't. That doesn't bother me. People are just interested and hit me up and kind of get a vibe. Um, and then they hit me up and they're like, "Hey, we were trying to record, I guess, this new band, um, like, you know, soon, really soon." So I was like, "Yeah, sure, come down." And at the time, I had a, a practice space here that I was jamming out of and had some recording equipment in. And I was like, "Hey, just come down here. I'll set some mics up and um, we'll record a few songs and." Uh, we did just that. We kind of set a few mics up and recorded it at the studio or at the practice space, rather. Um, and yeah, great guys, and uh, they're doing pretty good. They're doing good things. It's awesome. Yeah, um, yeah. like I, I was definitely a fan of that demo, and like, uh, and I, I'm friends with the um, the singer. Like him and I like uh, text all the time, and like uh, I had no idea that you were the one that recorded it until he told me. Uh, cause I met, I'd mentioned that you were coming on the podcast and he's like, Oh, he's like, dude, he's like, he recorded our demo. Um, I was yeah. like, I was like, that's so crazy. Like this, um, like we're all like, everybody is like so connected and it's just like, I just didn't even realize. Yeah, it's, it's definitely, I mean, that's what's cool about, uh, you know, hardcore scene and stuff like that is that, uh, you know, you can be on opposite sides of the country, opposite sides of the world and yet you'll, everyone knows each other, you know? Um, I think that's really, it's really a special thing. That team has, you know. Yeah, it's definitely awesome. Um, but more recently, you recorded a, a, a band called Payback. Mm-hmm. And yep. can you talk about um, how you linked up with those guys? Because like I just saw them for the first time at um, FYA, and seriously, they had like yeah. like to me like one of the craziest um, reactions of like the whole weekend. Just like seeing so many people um, go nuts, like from like other bands, and just like a lot of like older people coming out and yeah. just showing that band like crazy support. Especially going nuts for the um, song that you recorded. I, I just thought it was like pretty awesome. That's awesome. Um, 
Um, yeah. Uh, so I know those guys obviously for a long time uh, through like Jesus Keys and uh, Keith was in a band called Salt Off years ago. Um, uh, and yeah, just we've always known each other probably <laughs> over a decade now, which is insane. Uh, but I just recently started working, doing recording bands out of this studio near Philly. Um, and uh, Anthony, who plays in that band, also plays Jesus Keys, um, hit me up because I. I also recorded Jesus Peace or Cape or something. I forget. Some, one of their early stuff too. Uh, but he hit me up. He's like, "Hey, let's let's record." Or he's like, "You know, can you record Pay back?" Like, we're playing FYA in like three weeks or something. Like, do you think we can record it, have it mixed and mastered out <laughs> before then? I was like, "Yeah, for sure." Uh, it's a few songs. Um, so they came into the studio one night. Uh, we just we just did it. It was awesome. Uh, great band, um, great friends, and good time. So, is that something that you um, are open to doing for like uh, anybody who wants to record with you, or is it um, just like you more you more do it just like as a hobby? Um, I'd say definitely open, more than a hobby, uh, and open to working with bands and stuff. Um, I've done a few, some LPs, some EPs, and some demos. Um, and working out of the studio is awesome too. Like you just, you know, you have like a control room and a live room, so it makes it a lot more comfortable. Um, uh, but yeah, it's more right now. It's kind of like a part-time thing I do when I have some free time in a band. You know, down to do stuff on like the weekends or you know after work and stuff. Um, yeah, it's always fun to be a part of you know making music with someone and hearing what they've created and. You know, uh, I always enjoy mixing music, and so yeah, it's, it's fun. And I, I know, like going way back, you mentioned that you recorded um, the older daylight stuff in like your basement. Mm-hmm. Um, so you've always uh, been into recording, and it seems now like you're taking it like a, um, I guess, like more serious. Like, how'd you even get into um, doing that in the first place? I feel like that's um, you know just getting the equipment and having to learn all that stuff. It uh, can be challenging. Uh, yeah, um, honestly, I got into recording it because I had a band, uh, like my first band, 12 or 14 or whatever. We just wanted to record something, so I bought a four track, like digital <laughs> thing. Um, plug four microphones in there, and I, that's kind of how I started. And pirated some software, I forget what it was now. Um, and I just always recorded my band, and then, you know. And then going through high school, people heard like, "Oh, Jake, you record bands? Like, can you record my band?" And I'm like, yeah, sure. Like, come on over. And then we'd record in my parents' basement, and um, I tried to mix it the best I could at that <laughs> at the time. Um, some of the recordings were were rough. Um, and then as I got older, now I mean, working with even working with Will actually um, helped me out in recording wise. You know, recording two LPs with him, kind of seeing his process. Um, and other people, uh, you know, working with kind of helped me learn and understand what mixes need, just reading stuff online. Um, you know, over 15 years, I, I feel like I got kind of good at uh, recording. So it's been, uh, it's been a long time. It takes longer than just like buying the equipment to really understand how everything fits and how push people you know when recording people it's just not you you have to understand 
people's personalities and how far, you know, their limitations on how many takes they really want to do. So there's a whole, there's a whole mind game with it too. As well. But that's awesome. I, I feel like, uh, for me, uh, I still am trying to learn how to, um, like, mm-hmm. uh, mix like my audio for the podcast. I, I'm always trying to find new ways and, um, better ways to do it. Cause literally like mm-hmm. everything or like the, the way that I do it is it's all just stuff that I've learned off of, um, stuff I've watched on YouTube or stuff that I, yep. uh, read on reddit because i've never been like formally trained in how to do this it's all just um, me kind of learning as i go and like uh, putting things out and hoping they sound like good so it's just for me it's just like yeah i'm always just trying to find better ways to do it and i'm uh just try to like improve where i can with this because uh, like yeah it's just like for me it's just like this new thing um and i'm still just learning like i, I don't ever feel like i've figured it out like completely um to me is like i'm always striving to be able to do it better it's always trial and error kind of thing yeah like i remember i had this like uh like really early on in the podcast i uploaded an episode and i thought everything was cool and um what one of my friends hit me up and was like yo like your audio is only coming out of like the left speaker like i think you messed up and like i was so pissed i didn't, i remember I, I had to go to work and like the whole time at work i was just thinking about like how dumb i felt and just like how annoyed i was because i was like how could i do that just like i i upload like uploaded i i didn't even check like i i thought i was like so good that it was fine but like sure enough like i uploaded it and like i didn't have it coming out of like both speakers it was just like like such a stupid mistake <laughs> yeah but definitely um oh, wait go ahead i'll say hopefully this you know there's gonna be a two speakers Oh yeah, no. Trust me. Since that episode, because like it was such like a horror story for me, I, I felt so embarrassed because I always try to put out the best quality that I can. Um, I, I always do like a little, um, like I'll, I'll um, like once I mix everything, like I'll, I'll like do like a playback and just, just listen for a little bit to make sure everything sounds right before I do like the final upload. Yeah. So it's just like, yeah, it's, it's always like a learning process, but, but I, I was thankful that my buddy called me and told me, cause if, if he wouldn't have mentioned it to me, like I, I would have just left it alone and just would have kept going forward and, um, would have never known, but, um, yeah, little mistakes like that. I definitely, did, I try not to let that happen. Mm-hmm. <laughs> have you ever had any like, um, horror stories or any like weird problems, um, when you recorded a band? Um, yeah, all the time. Uh, you know, even up to like, there's always something that goes on. Not technology, never as you want to. Uh, I've lost files before. Uh, I've dropped hard drives before. Um, all that kind of stuff, corrupt files. Like it, it happens, and you know, then you, you kind of learn. Okay, well, then I should buy two hard drives. <laughs> always have a backup for when that does happen. Um, so I've had that happen. Or I've had, you know, I remember growing up, someone just had like a mic, but it was turned around the wrong way, so it wasn't picking up their vocal the right way, or their drum mic was just recording the bottom mic. Uh, it's always something, uh, even the, as of late, like, uh, you know, my, the Pro Tools wasn't hooking up properly to the interface, and there was a whole thing, and uh, oh, and, and that day, the, the studio, next to the studio, the garage, and I caught on fire, actually. I was, uh, I was working with a band uh, called uh, uh, Mobile or Mobile Terror Unit, um, and 
the, the garage next to the studio. There was a chemical fire happened back there, and just black smoke pouring in. Whole fire department came and they chopped down the doors. There's the whole thing. Um, yeah, there's always something. <laughs> You're always learning. That's scary. A uh, chemical fire. It sounds like a meth lab. <laughs> uh, it, it, it wasn't. It was just like um, a bunch of rags left on top of each other. And they just started. started. And uh, I saw people run into the room, into the live room. What the heck's going on? Because there's two studios. Um, <laughs> what, what are these guys doing? Uh, they're doing fire. And uh, they opened the door to the garage. Just black smoke was pouring out. I'm like, oh, my God. Firemen come in. They dragging hoses through this, you know, awesome studio with like awesome gear. I'm like, please don't ruin any of the drums or anything. Uh, yeah, it, was, it was an interesting day. Dang. Sure. So th- they had to get th- uh, through your studio to get to where the fire was. Yeah, because they couldn't get the garage open. Oh, okay. Of the fire in there, so they're well. They were they were working on that with the actors, uh, and they had to come to our studio because that was there was an access point for the garage from there. So they they knew they could get in through there. It was it was insane. Yeah. It was yeah, I can't imagine thinking you're, you're just going to go have a normal day at the studio. The next thing you know, the firemen are kicking down the door, dragging stuff through the studio. <laughs> yeah. That's Everyone's insane. Everyone's calling me like, is the studio okay? I'm like, yeah, it's fine. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I'd, I'd be super stressed out too because like, I, I can only imagine like how much like expensive equipment you have in and then like you have like a, a fire next door and then you got like, you know, people bursting in the studio who probably aren't really like, you know, too familiar with like, you know, what you guys have in there and just like they're just trying to do their yeah. job getting the hoses through. Um, sounds like a pretty crazy um, experience. For sure. Hmm. Okay. Well, Outside of the show on Long Island, do you guys have any uh, like other plans? Um, we're gonna still play some shows now and then. Um, I'm working on maybe something over the summer. Uh, maybe do some like other weekends. Weekends are super fun. Uh, pretty casual. Um, we're gonna start writing more songs. Um, actually, got to go to band practice now. Uh, yeah, so we're gonna. I think we're gonna do another LP and, and just see how it goes. You know. Hopefully get it out on uh, like a physical release of it, which would be nice. Yeah, and it'd be cool. And I, I always tell this to bands, but it'd be cool if you guys could make it out west, do a little yeah. like maybe like a, a, a weekend run, link up with some cool bands. Yeah, that was a thought process of mine. Do like a LA outside of LA, like a show in Madison. Would be it's always the best. Yeah, because I think it's cool. Like when um, bands come through and, and they hit like all the markets of California, because there's like you know NorCal, then LA, Orange County, San Diego. I, I think it's cool when bands are able to come through and do that and then hit those markets. Yeah, once I know that the shows won't be god awful, <laughs> uh, I think we'll definitely you know make a an effort to get out there and you know we've heard out there that we could play with. Uh, they'd be interested in you know setting something up um so i think in time i would like to see that's that, so mike i always have kind of a goal with the band the goal with this band is that we did a u.s or uh, east coast run maybe nice to do a west coast run and i think like the big goal would be to do like some sort of run in like england or something and i'd be super happy that would be my goals <laughs> yeah i get 
I, I'm not sure how like you would gauge um, how a show would do out here. Um, I, I'm not sure if you're like um, super in tune with like your guys' like analytics and see who's listening like from the West Coast. Yeah. But um, I, I feel like like uh, I like I don't know maybe I'm like looking at it from like a bias like perspective. But um, I, I honestly can't remember the last time I went to a show out here where it was like terrible. If that makes sense. Yeah. No, I know what you mean. Uh, the shows aren't typically good out there. I just want to make sure, um, you know, me and, me and Taylor talk about it. It's like, uh, we don't have, like, much buzz going with this band. Uh, there's a little buzz, but I feel like bands that have, like, a lot of uh, buzz on the internet and stuff usually do well in L.A., New York. Uh, so I, I think we're just kind of waiting to see if it gets starting to gain a little traction. So... As it gains more traction, we'll definitely be more open to coming out and having to, like, the problem is you get stuck headlining these shows, and it's like, we are in no position to headline a show, but, you know, you know, 50 people come out to a show that you headline, like, uh, at this point, I consider that a success for West Point. So, when I know that there's a possibility, I think we'll definitely make an effort to get out to the, the West Coast, because I do love coming out there. Yeah, and I feel like uh, people would be into the new music, and um, you guys would do good. But obviously, it has to make sense for you guys to make the trip out here because it, it is a big deal to have to like fly out and take time off of work just to play these shows, and you want them to be um, you know worth it. Yeah, I don't even. I like. I think we're all in the same boat as far as like doesn't need it. We don't need to make money off it and stuff. But this is really just for. Uh, this band just for fun, you know, just meeting, you know, meeting people and seeing our friends and playing, you know, shows that we thought were fun and interesting and um, having a good time, you know. I think that's what this, right now is that is what the band's about. Well, yeah, I, I think that's a good mindset, and I, I hope um, you know uh, you guys eventually make it out west because that's just me being selfish, and I, I just want to see every band <laughs> that I like in my hometown, just so um, I don't have to travel um, too far, just because uh, it's yeah. like it, it, like for me, like you know, the, like the bands that like normally did, uh, that don't come out west, it's obviously like harder for me to see those bands because I have to catch them sure. at like a fest or maybe like a um, a regional thing. Uh, so that's why I, I always try to encourage bands to come out. So um, the like, like, it's more likely for me to see them um, if they're not from the area, you know. Mm-hmm. For sure. Yeah, hopefully make it out there. Yeah. yeah. Well, well, we'll see. I know. Yeah, we've got fest going on out there. You know, we'd be always open to doing like a like a sound of fury or something like that. Like still be that token uh, non-hardcore band in the <laughs> hardcore world. Yeah. And that's where. We, we know our friends from so you never know uh, but even at that uh, I think in time we'll make an effort to get out there well I, I feel like you, you guys could fit that bill perfectly because um, I, I feel like like every year they still do have those bands that kind of stick out um, mm-hmm. so yeah maybe um, you guys could answer that call and play the fest I think that, that would be cool <laughs> who knows we'll see <laughs> 
but um, I, I definitely want to thank you for for coming on. Yeah. It, it definitely means a lot to me because um, before this, like I, I like we had never really spoken. Uh, the only time was me hitting you up to come on the podcast. So the fact that you're willing um, to do it, um, I'm definitely I definitely appreciate that. I, I feel like um, uh, you know people from Pennsylvania. Um, are like really down and nice uh, and willing to help me out and come on because uh, everybody that I've had from like uh, you know uh, your area like you're seeing like everybody's been like super nice and helpful so like I, I always like appreciate that so it's just like now you're just like um, like uh, another person I'm like wow he's from that area and like continuing that trend of being like nice and cool people so I definitely appreciate that yeah well th- thanks for having me uh, it's been a great time it's been nice to talk about the band and talk to you and uh yeah, yeah, this is a great thing. So, so thank uh, you. Uh, before we sign off, is there anything you want to shout out or plug? Um, <laughs> put me on the spot. Oh, uh, no, no. Uh, um, I don't know. Eh, no, I have nothing. <laughs> okay, all right. Um, if if people want to book um Web Wing or if people want to book um studio time with you, like, how can they get in contact? Um, you can just hit me up. Uh, Hit me up on Twitter. Uh, I think my Twitter handle is Jake Clark. Most positive. Or hit up the band Webwing. Um, I think I don't know the email. I'm pretty sure it's webwingband at gmail.com or web web webwing at gmail.com. Um, yeah, so hit us up through there. Um, and then just to look at the Super Heaven email every once in a while. If someone <laughs> is any shows going through there. Um, but yeah, um, just hit me up through there and we can start a conversation. All right. Well, there you guys have it. This has been another episode of the Dreamer K podcast. Always on top.